Dunker Punks. Welcome back to our next episode. Listening to this conversation that you're about to hear between these sharp, faithful young adult leaders left me thinking about one particularly vivid detail in the story of Exodus. Do you remember that story? The Israelites have been enslaved in Egypt for generations, and God orchestrates liberation for them. They finally leave Egypt, but they end up stuck wandering in the desert for 40 years before they finally enter the land that God has promised them. And Moses leads them for decades until he dies just before they reach the destination. It's this epic tale, but the detail that I was thinking about was that when the people finally escaped slavery and left Egypt and Moses led them out, they were out in the desert and exposed and uncertain of which way to go. And there were enemies on one side and wilderness on another. And so even though they'd been liberated from their Egyptian enslavers, they were still not safe. And it was still gonna take quite a journey to get to the promised land. And so God tells Moses, well, lead the people around the back way by the Red Sea, where you'll be less likely to stumble into an unwanted war, because if it gets too hard, they might go back and not make it to what's next. 
And so while the people are taking their first steps out of slavery and toward freedom, God sends this pillar to guide them. It's a pillar that looks like clouds in the day and at night it lights up because it's fiery. And the scripture says that neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. The Israelites navigated the wilderness because God sent this pillar of fire to show them the way. I was thinking about that detail in the Exodus story because the folks who are sharing so powerfully and vulnerably in this episode are part of a group in the Church of the Brethren that calls themselves Young Adults on Fire. These are faithful, committed young people who know and love the church and who are deeply committed and convicted about the direction we need to go if we're going to make it to whatever's next. So many institutional versions of church are collapsing these days. It's not just the Church of the Brethren. But even though institutions are changing and failing, God's people will always be God's people. The church doesn't cease to exist just because human structures change. There's freedom and liberation and new life outside the chains of old, outdated, harmful systems. This conversation and so many like it that are happening all around us help me keep my own sense of direction out here in the in-between, in the wilderness. The energy and humility and boldness of these young adults might be, for all of us, something like a pillar of fire helping us navigate the current wilderness. I hope in this conversation you hear some of the same fire that I do. Hello! Thank you all who have joined in this conversation about the Young Adults on Fire movement. It's so great to have you here. Uh, my name is Jessie Hauf. I use she, her pronouns. I am the Community Arts Minister at Washington City Church of the Brethren in Washington, D.C., our nation's capital. I am an artist, a dog mom, a cat mom. And uh, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Kaylee, would you like to introduce yourself? Absolutely. My name is Kaylee Deerdorf, and I use she, her pronouns as well. I'm from Durham, North Carolina, and part of Peace Covenant Church of the Brethren. I'm a current senior biochemistry major at the University of Mary Washington in Virginia. I can introduce myself next. Um, my name is Amelia Gunn, and I'm from Easton, Maryland. I'm a part of the Easton Church of the Brethren congregation, um, and I just completed a year um, of Brethren volunteer service in Belfast, Northern Ireland. Um, so I am currently um, waiting to see what's next for me. Um, I use she, her pronouns. And yeah, that's a bit about me. Thanks, y'all. So we are we are here to chat about this movement that we got going on. Uh, if you have not heard, we 
have started this movement in the Church of the Brethren of Young Adults, um, loosely called Young Adults on Fire. Don't know where that came. Well, I know where it came from. I'll talk a little bit about that. Um, but yeah, so the Church of the, first of all, I'll start off with the Church of the Brethren denomination that we're all a part of defines a quote unquote young adult as anyone in the church between the ages of 18 and 35. Very big range. Very uh, <laughs> interesting that an 18-year-old and a 35-year-old could be put in the same category. There's very, you know, the frontal lobe is not yet developed until 25 or so, some say, scientists say. <laughs> so <laughs> it's an interesting range of people. Um, so, yeah, this is after you're like a youth and do youth things, but it's before you're considered a, like an older adult you know, a seasoned person in the church, perhaps. So they're pretty loose terms, but this movement was started by a bunch of young adults in the Church of the Brethren. Uh, mostly it was kind of sparked, I would say, in May of 2021. So every year we have a young adult conference. So a conference that happens um, every May, it's usually Memorial Day weekend for us. And this past year, of course, it was virtual thanks pandemic. And so we, at this conference, it's really great. It's over a few days and we worship together. We have, you know, workshops, conversations, and there were a lot of conversations this year about some real shit, you know, like what's the state of the church and where, where are we in the mix and what's happening in the church that we want to see differently. And a lot of these conversations happen at every young adult conference, at least that I've been a part of for the last five or six years. And I realized like, dang, we have these conversations every year. What happens? Nothing, nothing happens. And then the next year we have the same conversations. And I, I was talking with, with people like Amelia and Kaylee and, and other people at the conference and who even didn't show up at the conference. And there's just a lot of burnout. There's a lot of frustrations about the Church of the Brethren. And uh, we just started talking more and we realized we, we really want to see change, but no change happens. So we realized that we need to make the change. If we want to form a, a better future Church of the Brethren, we have to do it and we have to make it happen. Uh, so that's kind of where it started. Um, and we're still figuring out who we are, you know, like we're a group of people. Um, it's November now. So we've only been having conversations for a few months, really. And we're thinking of things that we want to share with each other. We're meeting about once a month to just talk and chat about things that are important to us. Um, and so we're just in the midst of figuring out some goals um, for who we are and, and what we want to do moving forward. Yeah. Um, and if I can jump in a little bit just to talk about Young Adult Conference, I remember um, the first one I went to, I was um, 18. So it's been a few years ago um, since I went to my first one. Um, and I remember thinking to myself, man, I wish church was always like this. You know, like Young Adult Conference is very similar to what I grew up in my church. I know it's it's um, very different from, from church to church in our denomination, but um, I, I felt that same kind of um, feeling of like, wow, like these conversations we're having, um, the type of worship we're engaging in is so meaningful to me. And I don't feel quite the same when I'm in other spaces um, in the church. And it just, it did, it, it, it's always felt like 
a really um, just spiritual place and and a and a place where really really important things happen. And and so I'm really glad that we're finally taking this one step further and saying, okay, you know, we know the space has been really meaningful for so many of us. We know that this is kind of our our image of what church could look like. Um, and, and how can we, you know, go forward and, and try to see if we can make church like this for, you know, for all of us as young adults, um, no matter where we are, you know, we don't all have to be together, but in our own, you know, home congregations. I think I'm going to move on to the current action that we're taking as a group. Um, so at the time of this being recorded, we're actually in the process of nominating folks for, uh, church leadership, um, because we realized, you know, if we want to start to be in these spaces where decisions are being made, we need to start really putting ourselves on the ballot, getting ourselves out there, seeing, um, seeing what we can, you know, what, what conversations we can be a part of. Um, so that's happening right now, which is super exciting. Um, we've got a great list of people, um, who, um, are interested in doing that. So, um, that's one of the things. Um, and we're also just trying to show up to more spaces, um, like honor peace trainings, um, info sessions, about nomination processes, um, calls offered by Supportive Communities Network, Women's Caucus, all sorts of groups, um, just trying to get some some more information on what's going on in the church and how can we, you know, be in these spaces um, because I think it's just important for us to be represented um, and for us to show up. And luckily, because of um, the pandemic, which is kind of a weird thing to say, because I know the pandemic has caused a lot of trouble for many of us. But the good thing is a lot of these things are online right now. And so we can really just jump on and and be a part of these conversations, um, which is definitely a plus for us. Um, and as Jesse mentioned, you know, we're really kind of in the beginning of figuring out what what we want as a group. Um and, and kind of our goals, you know, we really want to be a movement. We really want to, to get out there and, and to have conversations, um, so that, um, everybody can see kind of how we're feeling because we are the future of the church. Um, and, you know, we feel like our voices and our gifts and our skills are incredibly crucial to the church's future. Um, because without us, if we kind of choose to throw our hands up, um, you know, it's, it's hard to know what the future of the church will even look like. Um, because, you know, as many of us know, the, the church's numbers are dwindling. And so the young adults who, you know, still want to be a part of this church are super passionate about this denomination and, and the stances that they have on, you know, um, all sorts of things, especially like peace and service and things like that. It's, it's so important to so many of us. Um, but it's hard for us to imagine a future without, um, certain things, um, just like inclusion. And there's just so many things that, you know, we're hoping to, um, to talk about, um, and in all spaces, you know, um, so that we can have, um, just build bridges, you know, and, and understand each other, um, a little bit more of where we're coming from and, and where the young adults hope to steer the church in the future. Yeah, absolutely really powerful stuff you said there Amelia thanks and I, if I could add also the things that were the things that we are we and we have been talking about are making little waves because I've had people reach out to me that are pastors or that are involved in their own congregations and they're like Jesse um you know the things that I've been hearing that y'all are doing I'm incorporating in my church so I, I, you know, have someone very close to me who was like, Hey, you mentioned that mental illness was something that is not talked enough about the church. I just did a sermon about mental illness in the church last week. And I was like, ah, 
amazing, you know, and, and that's not the first time that something like that has happened. And so what we're doing is not even something we're doing. We're just, we're starting the conversations and it's continuing in other churches that we might not even be a part of, which I just think is huge. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think Jesse, you really mentioned it well. And honestly, like Amelia, you, you mentioned building what we have found that that supportive and welcoming community from the young adult conference. We dream of that for the church as a whole. And I think it's really neat to see those changes start to happen no matter how small. Um, and certainly building representation in the church as a whole will help to develop that kind of culture of welcome that we're really hoping for. Uh, as for changes in, in the church as a whole, I'm really hoping for working towards those tangible changes of progress, like Jesse mentioned in the beginning, because they're really good at making those general statements of welcome and everything, but allyship doesn't stop there. Uh, and it's really important to continue making that allyship from passive to an active role. I remember growing up in the church, hearing these wonderful stories of Dan West and all these other folks that were really impactful and stood up against whatever issues were going on or standing up for the ones that were really important to them and making changes in the community. And I don't see that in the church now anymore. And I really hope that we can work towards that again, because uh, I really dream of that radically inclusive space where everyone feels welcome and home. And I think that's really unique and something that the Church of Brethren has a foundation in. And we need to kind of come back to that and really delve deeper into what that means. Because when we have that space, it will draw more folks in, including more young adults, uh, and kind of address these other issues that we're worried about. I think there's there's more there in the roots and, and there's a lot of potential there, which I'm hopeful for. Yeah, beautifully said, Kaylee, for sure. I mean, I think that's what's on the minds of so many of us in the group. Um, you know, we really, um, we've, we've heard from many in, in the group and, and I'm sure many of us have heard from other people in other denominations, how, how much, you know, churches, different churches have, have been a really difficult place for them. Um, they've been hurt by the church, um, the people in the church, um, hurt by policies and, you know, it's happening every single day, you know, people are leaving and they don't feel welcome. They don't feel safe even. I mean, that the, the bare minimum. Um, and, and that's really not okay with us. Um, we, we want people to feel safe. We want people to feel loved, um, and included in, in all spaces in the church, not just in the pew. Um, and so, um, yeah, definitely it, it's just, there's there's just these things that we really are are passionate about and really hope to see um, because the Church of Brethren does have such a, a wonderful foundation, um, like you said, Kaylee, for for um, just radical love, um, God's love, um, which is I think what what we're really um, hoping to focus on for sure. Yeah, and I think some some changes that I think could happen are. <laughs> let's think about it. The church started in the 1700s, right? It's 2021. A lot of stuff has happened. Um, and a lot of policies, mm -hmm. I hate that term. I don't think it should belong in a church policies of things that, that we do and structures that we have were made by people who are no longer with us. And there's something to be said for tradition and, you know, continuing the tradition, 
But there's also something to be said for, and this is a, a word that I might get some weird faces at, but evolution. I think that that institutions, because we are one, the Church of the Brethren is an institution. The church is the people and people evolve over time. It just does. And while we have really lovely traditions, foot washing, um, you know, communion, potlucks, ice cream socials, you know, even annual conference is a tradition that so many of us cherish. Um, there are things like policies and structures that are in place that may have made sense when they were started, but they're starting to not make sense anymore. Or at least our group, we're really starting to realize the process to nominate someone for a leadership position is really intense and it's completely dependent. It starts with people by nominating and then it goes to a committee and then that committee decides on certain people. And then that goes to another committee and that committee narrows it down even more. And then it gets put to the ballot but then you have to be a delegate of your church who attends annual conference so that you can vote. It's just a process that's crazy. And it, it's, it makes sense in theory. Um, but in practice, it leaves so many people out. It leaves so many young people out. It leaves um, people of, of minoritized communities like women, people of color, queer people. And a change that I would love to see is, is new processes, new ways to, um, include folks, new ways to figure out how, how to find leaders, because, you know, the church is really founded on like what your calling is, who's called to leadership. We don't say who won, right. We say who was called in, in a leadership position. So how can we kind of get back to that spiritual space instead of that kind of political, like voting space and, and how can we make it work in this weird society that we got going on? So we, there's lots of hopes. And I think in terms of what do we hope the future of the Church of the Brethren to look like? I've been thinking a lot about, you know, we're in this space now. What it's, what's it going to look like in 50 years when we are the elders of the church? And we can say, oh, this is back in our day, this is how this happened. What does the future look like? What do we want to see? It's been mentioned a couple times now that we want it to be inclusive and it's such a weird thing to say that that's a radical idea. We want the church to be inclusive of any person who wants to be a part of the church and accessible to anyone who wants to be a part of it or who who's already a part of it or who wishes to be a part of it eventually one day. You know, maybe there's someone who's not a part of the church and finds the church. That's happened. There are people in this group that are that identify as that. They're like, "Oh, I didn't know about the Church of the Brethren until XYZ and now it's my identity. It's it's a part of me. Now let's try to make it a little bit more accessible and, and inclusive. You know, I think Amelia said a minute ago, church should be a place where you feel safe. It should be a place where you feel supported and accepted no matter your circumstances, because Jesus would have accepted you. That's the bottom line. We are we are a Jesus church. You know, our slogan is literally continuing the work of Jesus and the work of Jesus was loving and accepting. I don't know how much more I can say that like with so much energy. We're a Jesus church and I want a church that celebrates anyone who wants to be a part of it. No matter what spectrum you lie on, race, gender, ability, ethnicity, like if you want to be here, you should be here. 
And I, I think it's so strange that that's a radical idea. That should be what we already are. And the future of the church, I think a lot of people are, are scared um, to, to make some of these changes because, oh, we'll lose people. Well, we're already losing people. Let's be real. I just found out the other week that one of the churches I grew up in went to the Covenant Brethren, which, if you don't know, is, is kind of the more conservative. So they're no longer affiliated with the Church of the Brethren. They're in an even more conservative, like close-minded, in my opinion, um, group of, of, of church. And so now it's like, well, all right, I guess I can't ever go back to that church because I'm gay. And I know as soon as I step foot, I'm either going to catch on fire or going to be like ignored that, you know, there's something about me that I, I can never be my true self. So I can never go into that church again. Now that might sound dramatic, but it's also true. And there are a lot of people who are gay or queer, part of the LGBTQ plus community that just can't go in church and they don't. And that's really damaging. So while we may lose people, first of all, we're already losing people. And Kaylee said it earlier, what, who can we gain from this? How, how amazing could it be if you're walking down the street and you see a gay flag in the little like sign of a church? I know I see that sometimes. And it just gives me so much joy. And what that little sign could mean to somebody walking by that isn't even affiliated with our church or a church or church in general, or doesn't even believe in God. How cool is it to see? Oh, seems like they're doing the work. That's pretty cool. So that that's, that's a, a future church that I'd love to see. One that is um, inclusive and accessible to all. And what a radical idea that is, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, I think it's so much easier. Um, it's so much easier to keep people out. And I think we know that the work is not supposed to be easy. We know it's hard to, to be around people who are different than us, you know, in some circumstances, maybe we don't understand, um, where they're coming from or why they are the way that they are. You know, I know that there's a lot of people who think that way, you know, they're kind of just afraid because they don't know, they don't understand. Um, and, but I think it, we're not trying to, to like, you know, take things away from the church. We're, we're trying to build it up. We're trying to make it a place where you can talk to people who believe different things than you or who look differently, or maybe who like, it just somebody really. And, and I think it's just a place where anybody can come and feel welcome, feel safe. But I think it's also just like, we're not trying to, to think of how to word this. Like we're not trying to, to push people away. Anybody who's a part of the church right now, we're not trying to make it a place where like, if you don't agree with us, like get out of our way, you know, it's kind of like, how can we work together? Even if we think differently, like how can we work together to make the, to make the church what we want it to look like? How, how can we make the church do like, how can we be the hands and feet of Jesus? Um, and I think that that's, you know, one big thing that we're just trying to focus on, you know, we don't, we don't want to, um, keep people out of the conversation. We want to bring people in. Um, and we really just want to foster and cultivate, um, a space where we can create understanding, um, between, you know, people who do think differently, because we know that in a church, it, it feels like such a right down the middle split of people who think one thing and people who think the other thing. And, um, I think we just really want to get to a place where 
we can start to just make it happen because we've been talking for a long time <laughs> as we as we've already said um and and we want to get past that point um because you know who knows what's going to happen if we don't actually actively take these steps yeah absolutely amelia and i think also kind of going back to what jesse said as well the importance of allowing people to be authentic in these spaces um it shouldn't be a question of who is welcome, the general, you know, all are welcome statements. I shouldn't have to question if I'm included in the all. Uh, and I think it's really important for people to feel like they can be authentic and true to who they are. And like Amelia said, to foster those spaces, to truly live into that and really lean into any discomfort that can be there safely, of course, but having those spaces is really important. I remember it was really impactful for me when I served as a delegate to the annual conference gosh, I don't remember how long it was now, where it was creating those spaces where we were coming up with what it meant to be together as a church and grapple with kind of the bigger decisions and statements as a denomination. And at the end, we had love feast at annual conference with everyone. And that was so cool to be a part of because I was sitting at this table with folks with radically different ideas and a opinions. And if they truly knew all of my identities, we probably would not have been sitting at the same table. But here we were having these really rich discussions and breaking bread together. And I want to live Love Feast all the time. That's my dream for the church is to create that space where people can have those conversations and fellowship together and share God's love because we are a Jesus church, like Jesse said. And that's really important to, to us. And we share so many similar beliefs and traditions. We need to extend that welcome to other people because the table is here and ready and we just need to make sure everyone knows that it's available for all. I think that's really important. Uh, and also not being afraid of change or getting in trouble for Jesus because sometimes we are also called to do that. So I think that's important as well. Yeah, and if you get in trouble for trying to love someone that's that's outside the realm of what you thought church was um think about that <laughs> take take a minute you know what i mean that it's a cliche question but truly what would jesus have done if jesus were here right now which he is always jesus is past future and present i think a lot of us kind of forget about that we see jesus as this past tense thing um and, you know, you probably have your own thoughts about that, but Jesus is always here. God is always present. And what does God want? God wants you to be happy. God is not this like evil punishing, like sh finger shaking, like don't do this. Or, you know, I think that's just something that's so interesting when we think about the church and and we've said it, we've been in spaces, Amelia, Kaylee, and I, we've all been in Church of the Brethren spaces that have been all welcoming and 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 loving. And we've had those experiences, which is why we're still here. I think a lot of people, I have friends that are outside of the church that are like, why are you still doing this? Like, just screw them. Like, how, hang out with us instead. And it really is, it's a, it's an identity thing, you know, just like I'm a, I'm a, you know, woman, I'm an artist, I'm a member of the church of the brethren. Like it's such a big part of me to leave because I'm not fully accepted. Um, 
seems counterproductive because not only does that hurt me, it also hurts the church because they're losing someone who is passionate about it. And it's also hurting people in the future who want to be part of it that can't. And so I think a lot of what we're trying to do is making this space, this church, a better place so that people that are young when we're 50 and 70 and 90 can come and can feel loved and cherished. And I think that that's so important that we create a community and a space where people can not only feel welcome now, but continue to feel welcome forever. Cause that's our, that's our vision. That's, that's why we're here. That's why um, Alexander Matt came over, you know, from Germany so that he could worship freely and he could wash feet and baptize and, and, and be here. And I think a lot of the, these one issue churches or these like one issue political views is just tearing us apart and it's only gotten worse. And if we can survive through that and not only just survive, but thrive, I think that's a really big goal that we can all accomplish and get to in the name of Jesus. My goodness. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think that that's a really good point too, Jesse is like, we want to leave this. We want to leave this, um, this church, like even when we're old and there, you know, we want new people to be able to come in and continue the work of the church of the brethren. That's, been happening, you know, since Alexander Max started it, you know, and I think that's really kind of the the bottom line is we care, you know, we care about the church deeply, um, deeply enough to want to see it through. We want to make it a space where for generations and generations, it can continue the service that it does um, and the, the peace work that it does and the justice work that it does. Um, and we hope to see more and more of that work being done, you know, um, how can we continue to advocate for, for things that are going on in our nation, in our world? Um, because, you know, as, as we know, there's church of the brothers all over the world and, and we want to be able to, to just continue this amazing, um, you know, these amazing traditions and this, you know, we want to keep this denomination going um, and going strong, like you said, Jesse thriving, you know, um, and, and not just kind of like limping along, but really, um, you know, really going on full force and doing doing the good work, for sure. Let's leave it better than we found it.
How how can other young adults or people who are listening, how, how can they get involved with all of this? Yeah, and that's a fantastic question. I know that was something I was really looking forward to and searching for a place to connect in the church. And I'm super excited about this Young Adults on Fire group. And truly, it's anyone who wants to be a part of the movement. You don't have to necessarily be a young adult or even part of the church, rather necessarily if you're a quote-unquote young adult in the church or younger or older, just want to support the work we're doing and make these waves in the church, all are welcome. I know both Jesse and Amelia have emails. You can email them. I'll let them say their emails. Um, (laughs) You're welcome to get involved in any way there. And our next gathering is Tuesday, November 16th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Um, Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, if any of this resonates with you at all, if you have other things that, you know, when you were listening to this, you thought, man, I'd love for them to also be looking at this issue that I see in the church um, or this hope. I have this hope for the church. You know, I wonder if if I could um, come and talk to them about it. Yes, please. That's literally like what we're doing right now Um, and kind of trying to figure out we really want to set goals soon um, and really have a concrete plan for for where we hope this movement um, is going to go. And so we want to hear your voice. We want to know what's important to you about the Church of the Brethren. Um, What do you hope for it? Um, And I feel like we didn't even really, (laughs) I feel like we just kind of touch the tip of the iceberg. Like there's so many other issues that we've talked about as a group. Um, and we really just want to kind of, um, figure out what are the big things that we want to focus on. And definitely what we talked about today is, is, you know, a few of the big, big things, but there's a lot of other things as well under the umbrella of, of our hopes, um, for the church. So, um, you can email me at, um, Amelia Gunn and then the number one at gmail.com. Um, and you can also email Jesse. <laughs> yeah, my email is jhouff, J-H-O-U-F-F, as in French fry, at washingtoncitycob.org. Um, so feel free to, to email us, reach out to us. Um, we are, we're here to chat. We're here to talk. We want to have as many voices as possible. Uh, thanks so much for, for click and play or download on this podcast. We hope you continue listening to the Dunker Punks. This is a really wonderful space. Um, I know we're also really interested in hearing stories of people that are involved in this movement. We'd love to highlight um, more stories of people. So if if you're interested, um, I'm speaking for the Dunker Punks at this point, but if you're interested in in doing an episode or in chatting with us, maybe we we do another one of these in a few months to kind of update and see how things are going, see what things are doing, maybe around annual conference or something. Uh, we, we're totally here for that. Uh, please do know that all truly are welcome to come to to our meetings or to be involved in any way in any capacity. Um, we got a really big group of people. It's not just the three of us. <laughs> we have uh, like over sixty people that are actively involved in this. It's it's a real thing. It's really awesome. And you know we're we're all young adults, or well, some of us are young adults uh, on this call. We're all young adults, and. You know, it's a Friday afternoon and sometimes it can be difficult as a youngish person to find time. You know, we're busy, we're students, we're starting our careers, we're having babies or dogs or whatever, and and we're busy. But 
um, you know, this is important and we're trying to find the time and make the time and Kaylee, Amelia, y'all are fire. I'm so happy we could find time this afternoon to, to chat and be in community with each other. This has just been wonderful. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So grateful for this space and the community and for both of you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you, Kaylee. And please reach out to us. Even if you have any questions, maybe you're not sure um, if you want to commit fully, that's fine too. You know, um, just, just shoot us a, you know, an email with questions um, and we'd be happy to answer them. Did you hear the fire? Could you feel its warmth? I love how Amelia says in one of her comments, we know that people don't feel welcome or safe in our church, and that is really not okay with us. And Kaylee is so insistent that our church is called to be a radically inclusive space where everyone feels welcome and home. And Jesse reminds us that all these conclusions that they're coming to and the insistence on inclusion that they're working for are grounded nowhere else than in Jesus's own teaching and love. You know, fire shows up in the New Testament as well as in the Hebrew Bible story of the Exodus. Fire is one of the forms that the Holy Spirit takes on as she enters into our experience and convicts, compels, refines, and renews us. You've probably heard that aspect of the Holy Spirit, maybe in song, maybe in this hymn that brethren love to sing. Holy Spirit, come with fire, burn us with your presence new. Let us as Sing our hymn of praise to you. Burn away our wasted sadness and inflame us with your love. Burst upon your congregation, give us gladness from pay attention to the words that we sing in some of the hymns that we love? What does it mean to sing and prayer and pray that we might be burned, that the Holy Spirit would inflame us? What does it mean to be asked to set on fire? Fire is beautiful and warm and it lights the way when the way is unclear. But fire also destroys and refines and removes the dead and dying things that are sucking energy away from the places that need energy in life. It is risky and radical to pray for fire. But then risky and radical is what dunker punks are all about, right? Thanks to Jesse and Kaylee and Amelia and Tim for today's episode. 
I'm Dana Cassell, one of a rotating group of hosts for the podcast. And the Dunker Punks podcast is a group of Jesus followers committed to moving from passive support to active allyship. Jacob Krause creates our music. Ali Cooney manages communication. Suzanne Lay manages production. Arlington Church of the Brethren and On Earth Peace sponsor the show. You can find us online. The show page and archives are at arlingtoncob.org slash DPP. And you can follow us on social media where you can share and comment and like at Dunker Punks Pod. If you have an idea, if you have something uh, to share in a podcast or a suggestion for how we might listen or share ideas better, email us dpp at arlingtoncob.org. The show is sending out a season-wide newsletter. You can sign up for that and hear what's going on and get recaps of all the episodes at our webpage. You can donate there as well and help us keep this a project that supports and pays and compensates young adults for their labor, time, and creativity. Our next episode will be on December 11th, so keep an eye out for that. And watch your podcast feeds for a bonus episode coming your way sometime soon. Until then, Dunker Punks, I want to quote Jesse Howe and say, y'all are fire. <laughs> <laughs>